you can open up and invest in a traditional IRA and defer income for 2023. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the channel. We are here with five tax saving strategies for the end of 2023 that you can still take advantage of in 2024. I am a business owner and my name is Kristen and I'm here with Marit, my personal CPA. That's right, guys. And we are here to tell you about some last minute tax saving tips that you can do right now, even though we're in 2024. There's a few things that you can still hit on to lower your tax burden for 2023. So Kristen, do you want to tell us what number one is? Yeah, so this one's kind of exciting. If you don't already have an IRA, you can open up and invest in a traditional IRA and defer income for 2023, up to $6,500. I think that's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And this is something that everyone can do. Um, you might hear a little bit about, oh, well, I'm under the income limit. Well, that only is applicable if you are covered by, you or your spouse are covered by a plan in the workplace. Then there might be some AGI thresholds that you need to see if you qualify for. But if you don't have a workplace retirement plan and your spouse doesn't either, then you can open up a traditional IRA and you can contribute up to $6,500 for tax year 2023 even if it's not open, you can still do it. Your spouse can do it. So, you know, that's $13,000 you could potentially put away into two traditional IRAs and lower your taxable income by that amount. It's important to realize you're not going to lower your tax bill by that amount, but you will have a significant tax savings. And so basically it's a win-win. You're putting money into your retirement for the future and even some of it that you're putting in, it would have been paid toward taxes. And so now you've kind of got, it's not going to Uncle Sam, it's going to you instead. And I love that. It's a great last minute tax saving tip for you guys, for sure. And I love that you said that you threw in there that your spouse can also do that too. So $13,000, that's amazing. That's an even bigger number. I love that. Yeah, we work together. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> want to get that retirement built up. So then tax saving number two, tax saving tip number two now, if you do own a small business and you're like, oh man, I've heard about this solo 401k, it's past tax year 2023, I can't open it or contribute to it. Well, there was a little provision in the SECURE Act, um, I want to say it was a couple years ago, where they changed the rules so that you could still potentially open up a solo 401k now. And people think that they can't, but you can. And you might not be able to make your employee deferral, which is $22,500, but the employer is still allowed to make their contribution, which is, you know, depending on your business structure, 20% of net income or 25% of your W-2, up to $43,500 potentially you could take as a tax deduction in your business as an employer contribution. And you know about the solo 401 case, Kristen, I know you do. So do you have any input yeah. on that one? Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, so just like you said before, it's not gonna come right off the top of your um, of your 1040 because it's a business tax deduction, but that's gonna reduce your 
income from your business, of course, and then that's going to reduce the amount of salary that you have to take for the end of the year. So all that stuff is going to kind of cascade into a benefit for you. So you're going to save some good money there. Definitely. Just be prepared to actually pay that money because you do have to put it away. You can't just say that you're going to, and it needs to be paid by the deadline filing for your business. So if you're on a March 15th deadline, that would be when the payment would have to be made um, as the employer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, next year you can talk about doing the full employee, the employee deferral and the employer contribution, the full amount, which is $66,000. So you can really not only get rid of a lot of taxable income that way, but you're putting it into your retirement accounts and then you can make it grow. You can invest it. You could do so much once it's in there. Yeah, I know. I sent my employer contribution out just this morning. So I filled the paperwork last night, wrote out my checks and sent it in. And that's why I always say that business owners want to be like Kristen because she is the golden child. She's always doing, (laughs) she is playing the tax strategy game. She plays it well because she knows exactly what rules to follow. She's organized. And I'm telling you guys, if you continue to learn from her and do our tax strategies and do them in the way that she does, you'll win this tax strategy game. You'll have money all over the place. You'll have money in so many different places to play with, have fun with, but it won't all be going to Uncle Sam. And that is, you know, the goal. That's the goal, right? Yes, that is absolutely the goal. So that last one kind of brings me to number three, which if you already have a retirement plan in place, you can decide to make those contributions. And like for me, somebody like me with a 401k, a solo 401k already established, I can now set aside my $22,500 as a deferral for, and I can send that in up until I file my tax returns. So if I have to file an extension, I can wait until then to send in that money. Yeah, absolutely. And also, and this, and if you guys don't really know all of the rules about a solo 401k, um, this is one that you would want, you could set up if you had no employees. So we're talking about Kristen being an owner in her business. She doesn't have employees, so she is able to set up a solo 401k and do this little strategy. But also, um, you can include your spouse in this. So no employees, but a spouse you can also include in this little strategy that we have for you guys. So potentially Kristen could also um, do the same thing for her husband, you know, have him make a deferral of 22500 and then do an employer contribution for him as well, because spouses are included in the solo 401k. So I love that. Again, like we were talking about um, for the traditional IRA and including your spouse to make their own contribution there. The same goes for the solo. And I love it. You can really, really get ahead that way for sure. Yeah. And you know, I take advantage of giving my husband a salary and his 401k too. Right. And getting into this, um, paying your spouse, we'll do a separate video on because we want to be careful on that one. Of course, you know, my girl's doing it right, but some people pay their spouse too much. Some people are confused about when to pay their spouse, how to pay their spouse, should they put them on their business payroll. So if you guys are interested in that, leave it in the comments below because we can definitely do a video breaking um, that one down for you guys. It'll be really helpful for you as you move forward. It's such a cool strategy to take advantage of. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. The next one, I'm going to have you hit, but you blew my mind with this one because it was something that I didn't even think to take advantage of. So, you know, a lot of people talk about their business mileage and they want to say, I want to deduct my car. I want to 
deduct certain, you know, auto expenses. But you also have to think about the fact that if you have a rental and your rental is your um, business where you're generating income, but it's a passive investment, you can still deduct mileage for things like that. So if you're going to your rental um, and you have a home office, you can deduct mileage there if you're going from your rental to Lowe's. So mileage, you know, people kind of know about mileage, but I don't think they realize there are certain instances where you can track it that you didn't think you could. And especially if you have a home office or let's say you have a side hustle and you're, you know, selling whatever and you have a home office and then you have you're you're on eBay, but it's an actual business and you have to drive from your house to the post office. I think a lot of people wouldn't even think about that, but you have your home office where you're packing all of your stuff that you're selling for eBay. Track that mileage to and from the post office. If you have to go buy tape and all of these things. So I think that even though people know about tracking mileage, it gets a little bit lost in the mix as we start talking about it more because they don't realize that Mm -hmm. um, it can start to add up the mileage rate for 2023 is 65 and a half cents. And so it's just something that you, you know, you can kind of take a look back on and say, where did I go and how can I, you know, use this to lower my taxable income more? So I like that one a lot. Yeah. And it adds up. up. So the last one is one that all of my newbies out there, people that are just getting into small business, just got their first 1099 and don't know what to do. Go back through your Amazon card, your credit card statements. Yes, um, commingling funds is frowned upon, but you didn't know you were getting a 1099. So this is going to be your first chance to go back and say, oh my gosh, this was a business expense. This was a business expense. And start tracking it because you need to start putting some expenses against that 1099 income. So going back through Amazon, through credit card statements, through your bank account, things like that, where you have cut and dry expenses that you can easily track now, that's where you want to go and find a little bit more money that you can call business expenses. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I think is, I loved how you said, don't really commingle your funds because you shouldn't. And I think a lot of people don't even know what commingling your funds is because I've talked to new clients as they roll into my office about commingling funds and they're like, what is that? So basically you're going to want to keep your <laughs> personal expenses separate from your business expenses, not just to make it easier to get your deductions, but also for liability protection. You know, as you start really getting deep into your business, just don't commingle your funds, keep them separate, have a separate business card, have a separate credit card. If you need personal money, transfer it to your personal account before you start dispersing it to pay for your things. But yes, this is definitely something I tell the new clients that roll in all the time is we've got to comb through your personal transactions and find these business expenses that are hidden. And I have found, I'm not kidding you, thousands and thousands of dollars of hidden business expenses that are legitimate business expenses. But like you mentioned, Amazon, maybe your personal card is connected to Amazon. So you're buying your office paper Mm -hmm. or you're buying your office supplies or whatever through Amazon. And you're just, your card's connected. You don't even think about it. And, you know, computers and printers, all kinds of things people pay for and don't realize they're using the wrong card. And this, these are all legitimate business expenses and we want to take them. And yes, commingling is wrong, but at the very beginning, as you're figuring it out, we don't want to let these slip through, especially if they're ordinary exactly. and necessary for your business. We want to get them. So that's all we have for you right now. Those are your top five tax saving tips from me and Marit for 2023.